This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to two openings of Scripture. John chapter 14 and John chapter 6. John chapter 14 verse 9. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Now the next scripture I want you to see is in John chapter 6 verse 38. Jesus is speaking to his disciples again and he said, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now let's look at these two verses of scripture and see what we can glean from them. First in John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Um, One of the last things he says to them before he goes to the cross. And then, of course, after that goes to heaven and is separated from them. And he's telling them about that which is to come. What we know of as the day of salvation or the church age. And Philip reveals something in his statement. He said in the previous verse, in verse 8, he said, Show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. That reveals something to us that I think, well, that certainly occurred in, in him, maybe in others, others of the disciples as well. But I think happens a lot today. Philip got caught up in the things that Jesus did and didn't realize what they signified. He was there. He was an eyewitness. He was a participant in the works of healing and miracles that Jesus did. But he didn't realize what they signified. I think the modern day church does that too. I think the modern day church will look at what Jesus did the healings that that occurred in his life and his ministry. And they'll say, well, yeah, that was Jesus. And of course, if Jesus was here today, he could do the same things. But they fail to realize why Jesus did what he did. And he's identifying his purpose. He's saying very specifically, the things that you've seen in me, Philip, the healings, the casting out devils, the deliverances, all the miracles and all the signs and wonders that you've been a a witness to and have heard about reveal the will of the father in every situation. He that has seen me has seen the father. He that has seen me in the area of deliverance has seen the father's will on deliverance. He that has seen me operate in the area of sickness and disease has seen the father's will concerning healing. Every healing you've seen me perform, Philip, signifies God's will on the subject of healing. Now in John chapter 6 verse 38, Jesus says something that that is on a parallel track to that same thought. He said, I came to the earth not to do my own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. What did he do? He waged war on sin, the devil, and sickness. So it's the will of God... For his emissaries, his agents, certainly his son, to wage war on sin, sickness, and the devil. Now, the the Bible tells us some things very specifically about God in a number of different ways in a number of different places. 
The one I like the most concerning God and his character and the fact that he never changes is he said in the Old Testament, I'm God, I change not. That's hard to argue with. There's no wiggle room with that. God says, I'm always the same. So if he sent Jesus to attack sin, the devil, and sickness, then it's still his will for his agents, his emissaries, or his children to combat sin, sickness, and the devil. Jesus said, after his resurrection, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. He mentioned speaking with new tongues. He mentioned spirits, uh, divine protection. He mentions authority over the devil. They'll cast out devils. And the last one of the five signs he said would follow is they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So the last thing Jesus did was put the church in a position of war against the devil and sickness. Are you out there? The reason for that is because God never changes. He never changes. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God never changes. God never changes. Well, Jesus said he was a gift from God. I came not to the earth to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So he's a good gift. What did that good gift perform? Deliverance and healing. Now turn with me over to Acts chapter 10. Peter is preaching in Cornelius' house. And you may recall the circumstances surrounding how he got there. Up until this point in time in Acts chapter 10, the gospel has been primarily stuck in and around the outskirts of Jerusalem. It has not gone to the Gentiles. But Cornelius has a vision of an angel that says, send to a certain place for Peter and he'll tell you what to do. Peter has a vision that signifies that God has cleansed the Gentiles along with the Jews, that salvation is available for everyone. So when he finally gets to the point where he obeys God and goes down to Cornelius' house, he's preaching and telling about Jesus. And notice what he said in verse 38. He's telling people about Jesus that have never heard. And notice what he considered an important, critical, and vital part of Jesus' character person and ministry how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing well every good gift comes from above from the father of lights in whom there's no variableness neither shadow of turning so what did Jesus do he went about doing good and healing folks that means healing comes from heaven and healing always has to be good now notice why he did this For God was with him. Jesus said, I always do the will of my father. That means it could not have been God's will for any of the people that were on the earth that Jesus ministered healing to, to have been sick. It means it's impossible for any of the people that Jesus ministered healing to, to have been made sick by God, because therefore he would have been working against the will of God, because God never changes. If God ever wanted anybody sick, he always wants everybody sick. So the fact that Jesus healed and destroyed the power of sickness and disease tells us it was not God's will for anybody to be sick and that healing has to be good because it's from God. 
Now, where did the church lose that? Where did the church come up with the idea that salvation, God's war on sin, is still in effect, but not on sickness? Near as I can tell, folks, it came about by people trying to explain away why they didn't get the results the Bible says we're supposed to get. They've come up with excuses for why things don't work or didn't work for them the way they thought they were supposed to work. One of the things that has always intrigued me as I began to grow in the things of God is the story of that Jesus gave about the word of God planted in ground. Mark chapter 4 tells the story of the, the parable of the sower sowing the word. He talks about the word of God being sown into the hearts of people, four different types of people. He concludes this story in Mark chapter 4, I think it's verse 26. He says, the whole of the kingdom of God is like a man planting seed in the ground. In other words, he's saying everything about the kingdom of God is like planting a seed. Well, as I've grown a little bit more in the Lord, I've come to the place where the the term, the phrase kingdom of God means a lot more to me than it used to. It used to just mean something general, meaning things about God. But it occurred to me one day when I saw that Jesus sent the disciples out to preach the kingdom of God, that they wouldn't know beans about God and know what to preach. If the kingdom of God meant what I thought it meant, what I always looked at it to mean, just things about God, what in the world would the disciples know about God? It had to mean more than that. It had to mean something else than that. Well, in the Lord's Prayer, when the disciples went to Jesus and asked him to teach them to pray, part of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Jesus is telling them to pray that the kingdom of God would come. Well, that's a good prayer. That sounds real religious. But what does that mean? He defines it for us. He said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, there's no question what the will of God is in heaven. There's no sickness there. There's no disease there. There's nothing that can hurt, nothing that can harm, nothing that can destroy. Jesus told his disciples to pray that the kingdom of God would come. So that the will of God would be done on the earth just like it is in heaven. Well, the Bible tells us that now Jesus has gone to the Father and has paid the price with his own precious blood for sin, sickness, and disease, and all the other characteristics of spiritual death, that the kingdom of God has come. And so the whole purpose, God's whole plan for enabling us through the blood of Jesus to be born again and made righteous in his blood is so that he can live in us and so that his will can be done in our lives here in the earth just like it is in heaven. Folks, healing is for this earth. It's for now. It's for the physical body. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom 
you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now let's think back to the creation. We know that in the first five days... God created all the stuff that's around us, the sun, the moon, the stars, the dry land, the earth, or the, uh, the trees, the grass, the critters, the birds, the fish, everything else that was there. And each day he looked at it and he saw that it was good. On the sixth day, he makes man. After he supplied the earth, after he's made everything that there is, he makes man. And he says, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. And so he makes man in his own image and likeness. He makes man an exact duplicate and copy of himself. And he says, let them have dominion. The whole purpose for making man was for the somebody to have dominion over the earth. He created man for the purpose of having dominion. Now, folks, if God never changes and God's original plan for man was to have authority on the earth... What do you think his present day plan is? The same. For man to have authority on the earth. Now we've been guilty. I've, I've been guilty. In times past of saying, well, when Satan came on the scene, he obtained that authority from man. But that can't be true. Because if man had lost his place of authority, then there would be no purpose whatsoever in God giving commandment in the Old Testament as a part of the Old Covenant to choose life instead of death, blessing instead of cursing. There would have been no reason whatsoever for God to have said, for example, in Numbers chapter 14, about verse 23, say unto them as they have spoken in my ears, so shall I do unto them. Because if Satan was the one that had authority on the earth after Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, then man would have no way to choose life anyway. He would have had no means of exercising authority through his words or any other method for God to work on his behalf. The old covenant would have had to look like something like this, where God would have had to say to, to, uh, to Abraham, well, it doesn't matter if you obey what I tell you to do or not, because you don't have authority to determine your outcome. But because of my mercy and because I'm deciding to take a liking to you, I'm just going to do things for you anyway. The law of Moses wouldn't have been about obedience. It would have been about God making a decision to supersede the devil's authority on the earth for man's benefit. But that's not what it is, is it? The Old Testament was based on authority. Man exercising his authority through obedience. It intrigued me that Jesus, well, why don't you turn with me over to Matthew chapter 7. Notice it says, beginning in verse 28, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the sayings that he's talking about before is whosoever shall hear these sayings of mine and do them is like a wise man that builds his house on the rock that stands in the middle of the storm. The foolish man hears and doesn't obey, and so his house is swept away by the same storm. 
When Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. That means his teaching. Not at him, but at his doctrine. For, because, here's why they were astonished at his teaching. Because he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The word one is not in the original transcript. If you're reading from the King James, you'll notice it's in italics. It literally reads, for he taught them as having authority and not as the scribes. As having literally means the manner in which to hold or how to hold. They were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them how to hold authority, not like the scribes. It occurred to me that Jesus spent a lot of time talking about man's authority. And the people were astonished at his doctrine. Now, when you realize that Jesus came to the earth specifically for the purpose of exercising judgment, passing judgment on sin, sickness, and the devil, when you realize that his earthly ministry, his three years of earthly ministry, was to show us what the will of God was concerning sin, sickness, and the devil, then it makes perfect sense that Jesus would teach how to hold authority. It says in John chapter 5 and verse 26, it says Jesus was given authority to exercise judgment over sin, sickness, and the devil because he was the son of man. Not because he was the son of God, but because he was the son of man. In other words, Jesus did what he did here on the earth. Anointed of God to do good and healing here on the earth because God was with him. Because he was a man who had authority. Because man has authority on the earth. Not God. God didn't take back the authority that he gave to man when man fell. Satan didn't take man's authority when, when man fell. Man still has authority. So Jesus came to the earth as a man to exercise man's authority. And so it would make sense that he would spend some time teaching on that subject. Because he's trying to get other people to exercise authority too. And here's why that's important. Because when God looked at the earth after he made man to have authority. It says he made an end after the six days. He made an end of everything that he created. And he looked at it and he said that it was very good. And sin and sickness is not to be found. Man is, or God is not the creator. He's not the originator of sickness any more than he's the originator of sin. The reason Jesus came to the earth to wage war on sin, sickness, and the devil is because they're not of God. Never have been, never will be. God doesn't use sickness against mankind any more than he would use sin against mankind. And the church's attitude towards sickness should be the same as his attitude against sin and everything else in the devil. Now back to a point that I started to make a few minutes ago. Jesus said, the whole of the kingdom of God is as if a, is if a, is as if a man should plant seed in the ground. Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 10. He said, with a heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But he said, you can't believe if you don't hear, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. 
Now, remember what we said a minute ago about the kingdom of God, where Jesus taught the disciples to pray the kingdom come. It hadn't come in their day, but it has come in ours. Thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. When Jesus gave the disciples authority to cast out devils and to heal sickness and disease, every sickness and every disease, he sent them out and told them, into the cities, go into the cities and if they'll receive you, heal the sick that are therein and say, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. He connects healing, physical healing with the kingdom of God. And that's what the Bible says has already come to us. That's the same kingdom of God that has come to us. Now, if we were preaching forgiveness of sins, what the world calls salvation or what the church world calls salvation, which we should more accurately call the remission of sins. See, the word salvation that's used in the New Testament is an all-inclusive term. It means everything Jesus paid for through the shedding of his blood. Well, the Bible says part of what Jesus paid for was physical healing, healing for the body, not just forgiveness or remission of sins. But if we were preaching the remission of sins, trying to encourage people to come to the altar and give their heart to Jesus to be born again or made a new creature in him. We would go out of our way to tell the work that Jesus has done, the substitutionary work of the shedding of his blood, the payment of your sins and mine. And we would make sure to tell them we'd make sure to proclaim and we wouldn't be shy about it. We'd be bold about saying, There's no sin that's too great. Well, since physical healing, the Bible says, was paid for by the same blood of Jesus, what sickness is too great to be healed of? Now, folks, my purpose this morning is just to introduce the subject. I'm going to get into a lot of the nuts and bolts of healing, the how-tos, the what-to-dos, the how-to-do-its, and so forth. over the next several weeks. But what I want you to see first and foremost this morning is that it's impossible for it to be God's will for you or for me or for any of his children to be sick in body. It's impossible. Now that doesn't mean we have all the answers. And it doesn't mean we always get the results as quickly as we want to. but it doesn't change the truth of the word. God's word is true. Someone came to me not too long ago, recently, and they asked me a question. And it's one that's been a question of mine for a long time. You remember when God sent Moses to Pharaoh? Moses is talking to God out of the burning bush. And God gives Moses certain instruction. The first thing he asks him is he says, what is in your hand? Moses is resistant to the work God wants him to do. So he says, what's in your hand? He says, a stick or a rod. He said, cast it down. He threw it down on the ground. It turned into a snake. Moses ran from it, but then came back. And God said, now grab it by the tail. And it turned into a stick again. One of the next things that happens is that God tells Moses 
stick your hand in your vest, the garment you're wearing. And he did. He pulled it back out and it was leprous. His hand had leprosy. He said, stick it back in your garment. He did and pulled it out again and it was clean. When a sickness can never be from God. So how did Moses' hand turn leprous? I don't know. That's an answer I don't have. But one thing that I do know after having meditated on this for a long, long time. And that is this. Instead of trying to build some doctrine or theory out of what we don't know. Let's look at the example in the story for what we do know from it. What do we know from the example that God gave Moses or the experience that Moses had before God? Well, we know first and foremost that God has authority over sickness and disease. Did God use leprosy in any way whatsoever in that example other than to show Moses that he had power over it? What else is there to see in that story? I can't find anything else. Well, how could God have enabled Moses to have leprosy if sickness ever comes from God? I don't know. I can surmise. I can speculate. It's possible that he took his hand of protection off of Moses for an instant. And leprosy was the result. That would do it. Now, whether or not that happened, I don't know. But I know the story does not tell us that God uses sickness and disease. Furthermore, the Bible says God never tempts man with evil. It says God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt man with evil. Well, we know since healing is good, sickness has to be evil. So he can't use sickness and disease against mankind. Furthermore, if we look at Jesus as an example of the will of God in action, was there ever anybody in Jesus' earthly ministry? Now, let me... Let me back up a minute and, and expand on something that I said quickly a minute ago. Jesus' earthly ministry was to show man what God's will was. That was it. That's the main purpose for Jesus' three years of earthly ministry. He didn't have to minister on the earth. He didn't have to be anointed of God to heal the sick in order to have righteous and pure blood as a sacrifice for sin. He could have gone to the cross at age 30 without ever entering into his earthly ministry and the price for sickness and disease along with sin would have been paid for. Right? He didn't become righteous in those three years. So what was the three years of earthly ministry about? Exactly what he told Philip in John 14. He that has seen me has seen the Father. His earthly ministry was to show us God the Father specifically meaning to show us the will of God in every one of life's situations and circumstances. The Bible says that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, and with his stripes we were healed. Healing is already yours. Take hold of it by faith in the name of Jesus today. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. The church has left the things that we don't know 
and the things that we can't explain keep us from believing the truth. But folks, as far as I'm concerned, the word is true. No matter what I can't figure out, the word of God is true. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.